upon a hilltop stood a golden castle. The castle and all of its contents were made from pure 24 karat gold. Even the moat surrounding the castle was filled with liquid gold, upon which swam the most glorious golden swans. In the castle lived a queen, a greedy, beastly woman loathed by her entire kingdom. This should not come as a surprise, as she only cared for one thing, her precious gold. One morning came a knock at her chamber door. Into she cried. A skinny servant boy entered, carrying a large scroll. He opened the scroll and began to read. A message from the mines, ma'am, he said, then paused and shuffled nervously on the spot. The queen stared at him impatiently. Go on, boy, she blurted. Um, well, it says all the gold is gone, ma'am, he replied, turning the scroll to show the queen. Poppycock, roared the queen, this simply cannot be. But it was. All of the gold in the kingdom had gone. The stockpiles were bare and the mines were empty. Not a single morsel of gold remained, and the queen was, to put it mildly, furious. She called a meeting. Every man, woman, and child from across the kingdom was forced to attend. On the day of the meeting, everyone gathered outside of the golden gates, waiting for the queen's arrival. Suddenly, a trumpet sounded. All rise for her majesty. The queen bellowed an important voice. The queen stepped forward. We need gold, she cried, and I will not stop until I find someone in this kingdom who can get it for me. She pointed at a young man. You, she said, can you get me gold? Why no, ma'am, for I am just a poor baker's son. Banish him, she cried, to which three armored guards seized the man and escorted him to the castle dungeons. This time the queen pointed at a young woman. What about you, she said, can you get me gold? Why no, ma'am, for I am just a poor woodcutter's daughter. Without a moment's hesitation, she cried, banish her. And the armored guards dully seized her, just as before, marched her swiftly to the castle dungeons. By this point, the crowds were decidedly anxious. People looked around nervously at one another. It had become obvious that this ruthless, greedy queen would stop at nothing to get her precious gold. This time, the queen, clearly getting restless, pointed at a young boy standing next to his parents. You, boy, she cried, can you get me gold? Yes, ma'am, he said. To his parents looked bemused, for it was plain to them that the boy did not, nor his family, possess a single ounce of gold. Go on, said the queen. Well, you see, ma'am, I am the son of a farmer, and I could spin straw into pure gold. The queen summoned the guards. Lock this boy in a barn, she cried. He must spin all of my straw to gold by sunrise, or he will be banished to the dungeons forever. The guards seized him and threw him into the barn. The door slammed, following by the sound of clanking chains and a padlock snapping shut. It fell to dark. The boy sat on the straw, his head cupped in his hands. Oh, what am I going to do, he said aloud, for I simply wanted to avoid the dungeons, and I not and I cannot spin any of the straw into gold. And then something very strange happened. There was a brilliant flash of light, and a tiny elf appeared before him. I can, said the elf. You can what? The boy replied. I could spin the straw to gold and save you from a life of pain and suffering in the dungeons. The boy smiled. However, continued the elf, it comes at a price. Gold has no value to me, but you, boy, you are a great value to me. 
In return for saving your life, I will take you as a slave. The boy faced with this impossible choice reluctantly agreed. Very well, said the elf. And with a single snap of his tiny fingers, a loom appeared, and the elf sat down and began to spin. True to his word, the elf turned the straw into gold. By sunrise, all of the straw in the barn was gone, and its place, neatly stacked in one enormous pile, stood countless of spun gold from bales of hay, more gold that could be extracted from a thousand mines. The boy began to sob. Whatever is the matter, child, I have saved you from the evil queen's beastly dungeons. Why do you cry these great tears of sorrow, said the elf. I cry, sobbed the boy, for I will no longer be able to see my family, and I will become your slave. They care for me dearly, and I cannot imagine my life without them, nor their life without me. Hearing this, the elf seemed to take pity upon the boy for a moment. I'll tell you what, he said with a weird smile. I'll give you until sunrise to guess my name, and if you do, then I will spare you too. Now hurry along to your family, and meet me at my cottage by the woods in the morning. The boy returned home at once. His family were delighted, if somewhat aghast, to see him. How can this be, cried his mother, as she opened the farmhouse door to the sight of her only son. Oh, my dear son, his father said through welling eyes, we did not expect to see you again. You lied to the queen. You have no gold. How can it be that you stand before us? He questions. The boy told them everything. The family sat around the farmhouse table, open-mouthed, listening intently to every word. After he finished, the room fell silent. Then his father spoke. I know the cottage of which you speak, son. It is in the woods, next to the field. We will wait until dark, creep into the woods, and look for any clues as to the name of this enchanted elf you speak of. Darkness fell that evening. By the light of a single candle, they made their way across the field, through the top of the gate, into the woods. They walked until they came to a clearing, then stopped. Before them stood a tiny white cottage with smoke pluming from the chimney. Inside a roaring fire burned, and in front of the fire was the elf. They peered in the window. The elf, who had his back to the window, strummed gleefully on his banjo, singing a song. The boy will not. The boy will simply not succeed to guess my name and then be freed. He has no hope. Oh, what a shame, for Rumpelstiltskin is my name. Hearing this, the boy and his family were overjoyed. They skipped home arm in arm, then went to bed and waited for sunrise. The following moment, at the break of dawn, the boy knocked on the door of the tiny cottage. Come in, said the elf. The boy entered and sat in a chair opposite of the elf. Now, he continued, leaning forward, would you like to guess my name? Not wanting to give the game away, he forced a puzzled expression onto his face and said, Spindle Whip? Ha ha, Spindle Whip is not my name, cried the elf. Guess again. Uh, the boy said, still pretending not to know. Well, what about Goldspin? Ha ha, Goldspin is not my name, cried the elf. Guess again. The boy leant forward slowly. What about Rumpelstiltskin? He said with a knowing smile. The elf fell to the ground. Impossible, he screamed. Only my mother knows my name. This cannot be. This cannot be. What happened next was extraordinary and somewhat gruesome. The elf placed a hand on either side of his head, grabbed his hair, and pulled so hard that he tore himself clean in two. The boy could not believe his eyes. 
In front of him now stood two identical elves. One pointed at the other and said, You must be my slave now. Absolutely not, he cried. You must be my slave, said the other half. A mighty scuffle broke out between the two elves. Amid this commotion, the boy snuck quietly out the door and over the field to the farmhouse. I am pleased to say that the boy did not end up becoming a slave to either of the elves. He returned safely to his home, and they lived a long, prosperous life together. The elves, on the other hand, were never seen again, and to this day it is said that the small white cottage in the woods remains empty. The End